This episode of Sessionable is brought to you by Dave's Travel and Events Group, voted Best Tour and Transport Operator in the New South Wales Tourism Awards. If you want to know why they're award-winning, why not check out one of their great beer experiences, like their Highlander Tour, which takes you on a food and beer adventure of the Southern Highlands. This full-day tour showcases some of the quality beer, wine, mead, and cider being made in the region today, and also includes a lunch featuring fresh local produce. Tours leave from Sydney, Canberra, or Goulburn, and there's also a budget option for pickup in the Highlands itself. To book your tour today, visit daves.com.au. Sessionable. All right. Welcome to Sessionable. I'm Adrian, and I'm here with Liam. Hey, Adrian. How you going? I'm well. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, too. We're recording this before Christmas, but this is our kind of yearly Christmas episode, minus everyone else, because of various reasons. Everyone's too busy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, like, you're going away on holidays very soon. Yeah. Um, Brad's sick, uh, and Tom's working, so, yeah. yeah. And does Lee count? What does Lee, what's Lee uh, Lee's working as well, I believe. Yeah. yeah. I think he said he could have, he might be able to make it, but whatever. But look, we thought, you know, we're not going to be able to do a proper Christmas episode this year. Yeah. Well, I think we'll make up for something in January. We might do a, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. We'll um, just get together and I'd get drunk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, sounds good. So, um, yeah, we thought we'd get another episode in because, you know, a lot of people are going to be on holidays and going to have some free time. So maybe, you know, might want to listen to another episode if they're not sick of us after 12, 12, 12 episodes. 12 episodes back to back. Yeah. It's, Dude, a, session- it's a sessionable um, festival in, in December. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I literally haven't really been doing much else other than work, sleep, and editing, editing, a, editing a podcast <laughs> or recording the podcast like this. Yeah, or trying to trim yeah. trim Jonathan out of recording the yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, it, it's a lot of sessionable. Um, so we're sitting here with our first beer in front of us. So um, I've just did a trip to. Canberra and High Country Victoria for some work. And, you know, I was popping into venues and stuff like that. And I found, um, actually went to an awesome bottle shop in Hall, which is in Canberra. Mm. So Hall's like a little village, I guess, historic village just outside of the city. And there's an awesome bottle shop in there called Hops and Vine. Okay. Yeah. And popped in there and I picked up a few random things that I haven't seen around Sydney. So I thought we'd crack them. And the first one we got is um, from Bodrigi in um, Melbourne. Uh, and it's their staunch Pilsner. Mm. Um, and I picked this up because, I don't know, I've been drinking a few more lagers these days, I guess. And secondly, I haven't had anything from Bodrigi before. Yeah, I, I don't think I have either. I've, I've heard the name, but I've never had any of their stuff. So, yeah, it's good. I like it. Mm. Um it, especially for today, like it was so fucking hot earlier. Especially it's humid, and especially yeah. in the sun. Like the sun was like there was no clouds out, and I was just dying in the sun. Mm. And I just needed something refreshing, and this is doing it for me. Oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I know Bodrigi has been around. Uh, it's not something we get in, in Sydney, mm. um, or I haven't really seen them around in Sydney. Um, Abbotsford, okay, yeah, yeah. But I know in the last year, I think they've just got their own brewery and they're brewing a lot and I know um, Ben Hetherington's one of the brewers there who um, I do some work with for Cicerone stuff in Melbourne he does all the training and exams in Melbourne for Cicerone um, so I know he's brewing there as well and so I thought this would be a really good one to try and I think it's a probably a good beer to start off this kind of year in review I guess or yeah informal year in review because I think one of the things I've noticed this year is just a lot more lager, lager beers coming out and yeah. ones that I'm actually enjoying as well. I think for a long time, 
lager was a bad word in the scene, but now a lot of people are getting back to it and... I'm not really sure. Is if, it people getting back to it, or are we getting back into it? Yeah, or, or I mean, both? we're, we're getting. I think we're noticing it more because we're getting back into it. Yeah. Um, I I'm I'm not convinced there's more, but I think we're just noticing it more. I think there's definitely breweries who haven't released lagers previously are starting to release lagers. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about like eight years ago, right when craft beer, and I, I'd use that term because I think so. We'd call it eight years ago. It was very young. Breweries wouldn't do anything near a lager because they just try to do the exact opposite of what mainstream beers are brewing. But, yeah. but I think nowadays... Which kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you want to just show a point of difference. But yeah. now it's like, oh, well, we like these styles of beers as well and we you know, like to drink these styles of beers yeah, when we yeah. finish work. So, um, so it's good to see them coming back. And you know what? It's like, this is just a really nice Pilsner. I it's, think there's a lot more kind of well-made ones yeah. these days as well. Like, you know, it's a lot of times... A craft brewing, a craft brewer's pilsner might not be, you know, as good as the mainstream stuff because they don't have enough time to do it properly or whatever reason. And I think it's also a sign of the age of the uh, beer industry as yeah. well. I think like uh, people are, you know, like we always say that you know, lager like this is not much to hide behind, so it's all up on front street. So yeah, yeah. It's not like you can just dry hop the fuck out of it and mask some some issues earlier on and like they will always be evident anyway but i think so there's that um confidence within the brewing team of knowing what they're doing i think also it's probably a thing of tank space and as people have grown they've gone like oh we actually can dedicate a tank or the time it's going to take in tank to make it be like this properly or like they're seeing the value of having a well-made lager in your portfolio yeah yeah and i guess it's as you know the craft or the independent beer or local breweries are growing their audience is casting from a wider net and so there are people coming into these breweries who still want to drink a, a, a lager or pills mm. so yeah I, I don't know but yeah, uh, it's just something i've noticed a lot um i think you know like filter having what the lager was their third beer in their range yeah yeah um you know and then you know pretty much most of the breweries i can think of in sydney you could there will be some sort of lager offering on tap. Mm. Um, but I, I'm, I'm really enjoying this. I don't know if it's like, I think... I've almost finished mine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's a good thing we've got a few more beers to drink yeah, today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think that was my first sort of um, insight for the year, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So what do you think of the, the Bodrigi? Yeah, I'm enjoying clean? it. Clean? Yeah, pretty clean, pretty clean. Um, yeah, can't really say too many bad things about it. I like it. Yeah, it's not. I don't think it's a beer I could buy a six pack of, mm. but definitely that that lawnmower beer or that first beer, just to wet the whistle. Yeah, um, it's four point three percent, so it's pretty light. Yeah, it's got yeah. a nice bitterness to it. Um, you know, and it's weird to say, it, but it's not too strong in that lager yeast character, which can mm. be that mainstream yeast character, which can be off putting a bit sometimes. But yeah, killer beer. Mm. Alrighty, um, so we've moved on to our second beer, and I guess our second subject for this episode. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as I said, I've been had to do a bit of traveling for work, and I was in Canberra for a week, uh, and then after that, I was back at one of my favorite places in the world. I was in Bright. Yeah. Um, doing some training uh, with the guys at Bright Brewery, and I've always I was always saying how there's so many awesome breweries around that area that I've only really been to Bridge Road and. Um, right, yeah. and, and bright, but um, but yeah, I did manage to pick up a bottle of um, Social Bandits uh, Suki Lala, which is their sour ale, um, and I think this is another one of those beers you see around in Melbourne quite a fair bit that we haven't seen here. So, so mm. I thought I'd just pick it up for something different. Um, but yeah, and so it's a few things. I think uh, try the beer, but also I think sour beers are just becoming or 
acid structure beers or whatever you want to call it, just becoming mm. more and more popular, aren't they? Yeah, and I think it's been like a slow burn over the last few yeah, years. Yeah, it hasn't been like a... Yeah. a like the haze craze or like yeah, exactly. this bad thing. It hasn't just popped up. Like it's just slowly growing and it seems like every brewery pretty much has to have like a... Something tart a, Yeah, like a, a sessionable sour mm. on their lineup. And, and you know, we were talking about this in the advent calendar episodes. Um, it's it's kind of an easy thing to do, especially if you're kettle souring in, in that which you're Which is what not, most people are doing, Which right? is what most people are doing. You're not, like, risking your brew house with... Um, infections. In, and, with yeah. infection because you're boiling it off. Yeah. Um, but also, I think there's still a, quite a varying degree of uh, good and bad blue yeah. devices. Oh, yeah, like with everything. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and it's funny because in the States, blue devices are very not cool at the moment, whereas here yeah, they're yeah. quite relished i think mm. but um i think there is i think you know us has a bigger barrel program places there's more like you know mixed fermentation style sours and in that some of that world kettle sours seem to be like cheating and yeah, um, yeah. like bit like the equivalent of a commercial lager to a to a bodrigi pilsner sort of a thing well i think over here it's a bit different I, you know it's constructions of time space maturity but also i think we're making some really good ones too and i think there's more and more demand for it as well these days uh, compared to a few years ago especially like this time of year when it's not like pretty warm and something that's you know reasonably low in alcohol and has that refreshing kick to it yeah and it's not too like um like gers or something like that where yeah, it's yeah. really bone dry it's, it's, i think it's a, yeah like you said a bit more of a, a reflection to what our climate is and yeah. like you know on a nice hot day something like a pilsner or like a nice like blinner vice or something like that or a kettle sour is you know really nice and refreshing mm. um but yeah you know and I, it's i think it's funny i think about like you know family and friends that aren't really beer drinkers that you know we still like to go out and visit all the breweries and like my sister, for example, like will smash anything that's a sour on tap. Any any brewery I take it to. But yeah, so uh, and the other thing I really liked about this, the social bandit Sukilala is I just love the label. I think it yeah, looks really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, it's like pop art. Yeah, very pop art. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just, it just really stood out in the fridge when I saw it. And um, let's have a try and see what we think. Mm. It's definitely got like some caramel malt yeah, sweetness which, which you don't really see in a lot of no the lower alcohol sours these um, days and the color i mean it's not it's not straw straw but like, it's not like any like red ale it's yeah. almost got like a, a rotten back type like a malt sweetness to yeah, it. yeah 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 i was gonna say like and maybe or i don't know like i gotta be honest i don't know much about how this beer is soured mm. um i don't know anything about this beer at all yeah yeah but um, shows how good we are. Yeah, but, um, ah, it's sessionable. But <laughs> we'll go on what we what, yeah. we can, what we can smell in front of us. Yeah. But it actually like yeah, it's reminding me of somewhat of like a lighter version of a, a Flemish red ale. Yeah, knows. Yeah, mm. that's good. That's really nice. Mm. Um, so you know, here was our mistake in saying that we had not any research, but yeah. Adrian just had this moment of clarity. Yeah, you just. Found out all the information without even looking at your phone or anything. Didn't consult Crafty at all. <laughs> um, so the Suki Lala is a Berliner Weiss. Yep. Uh, and it's uh, a fruit of Berliner Weiss. Yes. So I, I didn't even pick the fruit at all. They added guanabana. Well, I'd I, I, which I don't even, I, I've I never didn't, even I didn't know what that is. Touched the guanabana? Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, and they also add uh, lactobacillus to it. So it, it doesn't, they don't necessarily say. 
it's kettle soured, so it might yeah. not be a kettle sour. Yeah. But, it, but is, um, it is a Berliner Weiss. It does have a lovely citrus thing mm. at the end of it mm. that I really like. Um, yeah. If anyone, anyone, anyone's got their hands on some guanabanas or whatever the yeah. hell it's called. Should have researched that as yeah. well. <laughs> um, flick it through. You might get another, another moment of clarity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Social Bandit, they, um, they are the, fo- the former owner-operators of Jamison's. Which was in Mansfield as well or um, in the area? In, yeah, it's in, it was in the high country. Because mm. um, I've got a, a big soft spot for Jamison's. Yeah, because of the beast. The Beast yeah. was probably one of the first... I'd say probably the first super hop-driven Australian beer. Yeah, one of the first that I, that I had anyway. I'm pretty sure I yeah. had that before I even had a Hop Hog. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah I so... think before that, the hoppiest beer I had was... Was it Alpha from Fat Yak? Mm. Which was a good beer. Well, I remember that being a good beer, but yeah. So yeah, they sold the um, they sold the brewery a few years ago, and uh, recently they opened up Social Bandit. Mm. And I think they've revived the beast... In another form, under the another under name? the social and bandit name, so I think I'm not sure if it's called the Beast mm. or it could be something. I don't know. I don't know if I want to try that because it's, I think it's one of those things where the memory is going to be. Yeah, I don't know if I'll be able to live up to the internal hype that I've built. Yeah, for yeah. It. So yeah, that's um, that's those guys. Cool. I think it's pretty. Co- I think it's a pretty cool beer. Yeah, um, I like it. It's different um, mm. from different than what I thought it would be, but it's really nice. It's actually really complex, mm. and it goes to what we're saying about you know we're not sure if it's kettle sour, but it goes to what we're saying about you know that some people say the kettle sours are really one dimensional. Um, this beer has actually got a lot going on for it. Yeah, um, yeah, really cool. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you know the problem with anything that gets um, you know mass uh, saturation or approaches you know. Super saturation, like a Berlin of Ice, mm. or a, or even New England IPAs, uh, it's getting that way. So I, I feel yeah. sometimes uh, is that you will get a lot of bad ones. Yeah, yeah. But that that doesn't mean there's no good ones. There's definitely going to be good ones. No, I hundred percent agree. And I think yeah. it's uh, a cracking one. But yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, thing number two for the year: rise to sours. Sours. Yeah. Um, the third thing I wanted to talk about was you know, and just to tie us all back into this trip because. You know, in the area, got to stop by Bridge Road and have a beer. Mm. Picked up a couple of bottles, and what I'm really loving seeing is breweries are getting the Indie Seal on all their package beers now, which is yep. really cool. Um, and I think it's kind of flown a bit under the radar. I think from a consumer point of view at the moment, but I think it will, we will look back at that as a pretty mm. key point. Yeah, I mean, I I haven't personally noticed it from many breweries, but I think a lot of the mainstays definitely have picked it up. Uh, so, you know, because it's kind of those things where you you got to sort of wait for your labels to be turning around a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when Batch launched the cans, they had the Indie Seal. Uh, I was doing a tasting for Bridge Road last night and then pretty much all the Bridge Road stuff. Yeah. Wayward um, had it from pretty much day dot. Yeah, isn't that what I just said? Uh, you said batch. Oh, sorry, I didn't. I'm, 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 look, I'm looking at the batch you're can looking right at batch now. Can. So what I'm about to say is, so, when Wayward yeah. launched their cans, yep. I apologise. Yeah, um, but it's one of those things because you buy, you know, you're buying labels in such big bulk and cans in such big bulk. It's yeah, just a bit of a timing they're probably thing. going through a lot of stock. Yeah, which is fair enough. Which is sort of waiting for that time yeah. to come around. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting to see it go on, go on stuff, and seeing, starting to seeing it out there a little bit more. Which um, I think it's a, a big thing that happened this year. Um, I don't know. What's your thoughts? Like, does I mean, I don't think it, aff- it doesn't really affect my purchasing decision because yeah, I, I mean, guess look, we I have I, a bit more of a knowledge of yeah ownership than than I guess oh, the definitely they're aiming it for, but yeah, yeah. I, and I think like I I'm still 
of the kind of view that I will most of the time support in the independent breweries. As much as I love, you know, all the breweries that oh, I still love, all the breweries that have been bought out. I'm not sure if they need my patronage. The, the independents do, yeah. So yeah, I, I will point. most of the time go for it. Sometimes I still, you know, I, I, I still like a good hop hog. Sometimes, and of course, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. And Mountain Goats limited releases are usually pretty good, so I'll probably check, check those out. But I, I, w- I will try. I will try to get independent, and if that's going to help me in the in the future when there's a brewery that I've never heard of, great. If you were traveling in another country and they had a seal, would you? Based your buying your buying decisions yeah, absolutely. on absolutely brews that had seals or not. I mean, this is like a bit of a parallel, but the first time I went to England, you know, way well over a decade ago, I was looking for pubs that have the camera seal. Yeah, so I can get some real ale. Yeah, because you know that's that was an easy way to to spot them. And you know, if if somebody from the US goes to goes in a pub crawl and spots an independent, you know, we serve independent beer logo outside yeah. a pub and they go in great uh yeah i, I agree uh, you know because i think um a few other countries launched seals italy launched a seal i think this year as well um and if i was you know in italy and there was three breweries that i didn't know and one of them had the seal and two of them didn't i probably would try all three but have that one first i reckon yeah yeah so i think i think it is good i think the next step now is to sort of get that messaging across to the wider public um, or even just, you know, you know, like you said, sort of partner venues and bottle shops getting involved. And yeah, if we can see that out there and a bit more messaging about choosing it, I guess they, you know, kind of letting everyone transition their packaging to have it first before you, cause it's unfair. Like, you know, we've got a batch can in front of us, which doesn't have the seal on it, Yeah, but they are an IBA member. Yeah. So, you know, it'd be a bit rough now to go only buy something with the seal on it, but yeah. Yeah. The other thing I noticed is that, um, a lot of beer festivals, they're putting little stickers on decals of taps of of the beers that are mm. from indie breweries as well. Um, so, you know, even at a beer festival where it's not all independent breweries, you can have a bit of messaging there as well, which I think is pretty cool. Can we have less festivals in 2019? Is that a I thing would, that we can do? I would love to have yeah. less <laughs> beer festivals in yeah. 2019. Yeah. It, it seems like, you know, and they can be good, but if if you're having, you know, one every week for a month... And all the same breweries are going to the same festivals. I, I'm like, I'm failing to see the point of it. Well, I think I've never looked at the figures, but I, you know, I think Sydney's had more beer festivals this year than it's ever had before. Um, you yeah. know, we just had beer fest. Yep, in Centennial Park. In Centennial yeah. Park, at the same time as that, I, when I was in Canberra, they had the Canberra Beer Day out, which was yep, uh, cool, really awesome. But like after about three hours, I. Knew everyone had all the beers. I kind of just went home. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And but, I think um, like we're we're speaking of it from the perspective of you know being in our bubble, right? And I'm not sure what the regular punter, you know, the mainstream beer drinker would think of those festivals. They might still love it. I don't know. It it, it might still be. Maybe, it might still have value. But um, to like, me, it seems like there's too many. Just don't go to them. <laughs> like, just choose, pick the ones you want to go yeah. to. Or be, I mean, look, I, to, yeah, yeah, I don't go to them, but yeah. Just, and I don't mean yeah. I want to don't want to say that in a bad way, but like I think what beer festivals are really good is engaging new people or people who are just starting to get into different beers, yeah, to find out what they like because mm. you know it can be intimidating going to a bar or going to a bottle shop and you know there's just three walls of fridges and you don't know what anything is. So uh, I think some people like the informal nature of a beer festival where you can try smaller things yeah. just to try and find things that they really like, um, and I think that's awesome. Um, maybe 
yeah, moving to doing smaller ones, but in more specific regions. I like the regional ones. Yeah. But it seems like Sydney, like, same festival, but times 52, you know? Yeah. and It's, it, it's almost seeming like that. Yeah. And it's, you're going more for a social thing to say hi to everyone than to actually try yeah. new beers because you, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, I know, but maybe it's not for us. And that's mm. that's cool. Like, yeah. Mm. But, you know, maybe we could have some different levels of festivals and have a couple of, you know, there is, you know, like your gabs and there are other ones that we know yeah. that are going to be a bit more... See, I like gabs because it does something different. Like, it, it is a lot of the same breweries, but it does something different. I like gabs because I can sit yeah. there for a session and not even have to drink beers and still have a really good time yeah. because it's the atmosphere of gabs, which is really fun. Um, anything else? To, what's, what's, some, what's some things that you've noticed this year? Um, hazy, hazy IPAs. Let, let's get into this new, next beer and then we can talk about it. <laughs> sure. So this I can one, smell that from here. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, go on. Yeah, this one's the um. We just poured the batch, juicy as fuck, which is their New England IPA. It's pretty fucking fresh. Did it just come out today or something? Nah, it's, I think it's like a week old. Okay. Yeah, sorry. A week old. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I, don't, I won't drink it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking done. Um, um, not a super hazy one, but... But it definitely fuck Yeah, it definitely never smells. really was hazy. I think like one of the first ones was. This, and I've had many an argument with about people with this, but as far as I believe, this is the first New England IPA brewed in Australia. But the argument is it's not actually a New England IPA. Mm. This is the first... Hazy or juicy, I guess you could mm, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was this the one, so Topher, when he so, was yeah, there, Topher, first yeah, brewed it, right? Yeah. yeah. First batch was, was yeah. a Topher brew. And mm. it has changed, because this current version's 8%, and I'm pretty sure the first oh, version fuck. wasn't that. I waited till you poured a full oh, glass before I told you that, too. Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's always been pretty high, but I don't believe it's always been 8%. But, yeah. So, it's, you know, then there's had been a few, they did the dark version. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um I was doing an event um, as a random things I do. I was in Martin Place on a rooftop of an office building on a marble topped bar doing a, doing some tastings, and I was pouring out some juicy. And the funny thing is, because it's a big corporate thing, I called it juicy as funk because <laughs> <laughs> I had to get up and do like a like an on mic demonstration about the beers. I didn't want to say juicy as fuck on, and then all these guys like, oh no, you got the wrong beers. Like, no, nah, that's the right one. Like, no, that says fuck. I'm like, yes, I know it does. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was pouring out all these juices and just the aroma of it. I was like, fuck, I really want to drink one of these. So I went and picked one up for the I'm gonna, I'm going to say this is like the best it's been. I, it's the best I've tasted it anyway. That's good. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's not a hazy IPA, but it's a juicy IPA. Yeah, it's pretty juicy. Yeah. It's, um, it, it, still has, juicy it, it still has some bitter, bitterness to it. Yeah. But it's not super bitter. No. Um, and you can feel a little bit of the eight. Eight mm. percent, like mm. it doesn't feel like an eight percent beer, but you know there's, you know, it's got a bit of, bit of hair on the chest. I feel they add some kind of slightly, or they don't use as much of the lighter malts. Maybe a bit more of the mm. slightly more kilned malts in there. Um, I just I, love I, the aroma I, of this beer. I think it's, it's yeah, smells amazing. It's, yeah, it, yeah, it's it's kind of like an amber color almost, and um, and it, and you do get a bit of that on the flavor as well. Yeah, it has the slightest of hazes, but yeah. It's, like if you if you want to judge this on its haziness, it's not going to score very highly. Mm. But um, it is juicy. I'll give it that. It I like it. It is juicy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um. So what do, what have you noticed with New England with IPAs? The haze, the haze yeah, craze. It, New England IPAs have just continued on its you know rampaging path yeah. of um, becoming one of the most popular 
specialty styles uh, my, in Australia. My thing that I don't like that I've noticed this year about them as a style is I think this is something you should be buying from a brewery. Yeah. Um, I, I don't like going into bottle shops and seeing like mm, three, mm. four month old yes. juicy or hazy style beers sitting on the shelf because yes. it's done. Cause I, well, um, and, I, and I think that's what it, that that's one of the things I liked about it in like in its, in its original kind of craze in the US was you know, a lot of them you did have to go on a release day, yeah, to a brewery, yeah, and line up for it. I don't like the lining up bit, but l- line up for it and get it as fresh as you possibly can. And you like you would never find it in in a bottle shop. And even like even the you know the originator of this style, the Heady, Heady Topper, you you would have to go somewhere in Vermont and pick it up from one of the several bottle shops and that, that was got really it. because they got into yeah. trouble with the lines at the front of the yeah, room, yeah, yeah. right and my understanding is they've changed the layout or moved to the yeah. point where that now it's like yeah you can go yeah um, you can but like it it used to be I'm, it, it's probably I'm not sure if it's as popular these days but it used to be that you know the Whole Foods would get it once every two weeks and you would have to know which day it comes in and you, you can only buy like you know, maximum a case each or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, look, it's a lot easier to say that in a country like America where, like, even a state population's, probably some states' population is going to be equivalent of the, the craft beer market in Australia, right? But, um, yeah, I would like to see us moving more t- towards the focus on... I don't give a shit about how hazy they are. Mm. I hate seeing people go, oh, that's not a New England IPA, it's not hazy enough. It's not about the... Ha- it's not a, yeah. Like, that's part of it. But, but like, I, th- I want to. What does it taste like? I, th- and I think I, the haze is like really a. a it's, it's really it, a byproduct. Well, it, it is a byproduct, yeah. but it's also like one of those things. Is like I can have a really good New England IPA that's not hazy, and I could also have a hazy beer that's a really fucking shit example of a yes. New England IPA. And it's like yeah. one, it seems to be people are looking for the haze, and I'm looking for the haze as well. But I, sometimes w- haze, but, but, just but gets, sometimes just people, yeast yeah, bite yeah, some, well, just, some, yeah, yeah, a lot of times people make. The hazy beers for the sake of making a hazy beer rather than Yeah, and there's people dumping almond style. meal and flour and stuff yeah. like that into the beers to make them hazier, mm. which, uh, you know, I just want a nice fucking juicy IPA. Like, mm. yeah. But yeah, like, they're not saying that. I'm not looking out for the haze, but like, when you get a really good tasting hazy one that looks like a tropical milkshake, it is pretty, you know, it's cool. But mm. yeah, but my thing is, I would like to see moving more towards that. You know, like Sleep When You're Dead series, you know, where it's like, it's only going to come out once, it's coming out, and it's going to go really, really fast. We're going to sort of limit how many cases each venue gets so it moves. Who who does that one? Um, it's one of the Queensland breweries. Okay. Um, and that's like a series they do, and they did a New England IPA in that. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, it'll come back to me in a sec. So um, I know... I know um, uh, Garage Project did it as well. Like, they were doing... Uh, you can only get it at, at the brewery limited release New England IPA series. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And I think that's the right way to do it. I would like to see more of that, I think. And I think, like, I'm not, I don't want to restrict this statement to just New England IPAs. I think any IPA should be, you know, like, don't put a fucking nine-month date on an IPA. Yeah. You know, and, and sell it in bottle shops. It's just, you know, it's a, well, it's a thing yeah. that you should have it's, as fresh as possible. It's a challenging thing. Uh, Ballistic was the brewery that I was okay, talking yeah, about cool. that did the Sleep When You Dead series, yeah. Um, but, yeah. I don't know. I think there are... I would like to see these becoming just... Let's just focus on that freshness and juiciness. Mm. Um, you know, and like beers sitting on shelves in bars and bottle shops is the nature of the beast, right? Mm. 
but like if we can try and control something like this, which degrades so quickly, mm. um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a challenging thing, but you know, Brew's got to make money. You know, I'm, yeah, it, it's it, a bit of a. I see two, two sides of it. Yeah, but it really breaks my heart. But like, how much money can you make? Like, how how much? How good would it be for you to get cues outside of your brewery because you're only releasing a limited amount of this beer and mm. every week you get that? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, yeah, I, I agree 100%. Yeah. I just, that's the one fad I don't want to see coming over yeah, here. Yeah, that's true. I don't up. like cues, yeah. but you know. You know, and we're at a point now where brews in, in the West, uh, you know, have capacities and door pe- people now. So, yeah. Batch will, batch. Batch will be, crazy. Uh, there's a line from about midday, but it does move pretty fast. Yeah, and my yeah, understanding yeah. is source is the exact same situation yeah, wow. as well. Um, so, you know, it's growing in popularity. But yeah, this whole queuing up for a beer release thing, I don't know. It's not me. I don't, like, I don't know if there's any beer that's worth me lining up for more than 15 minutes for. Can, can anyone explain to me, like, just taking a tangent here but can anyone explain to me the queuing up for bubble tea trend every time i walk through like chinatown or something there's like a queue for a new bubble tea or something tea place and is I'm it like, like a new shop that's opening up or a new flavor coming out i don't know i don't know because you can say the same thing for sneakers yeah like, you know like, like is there a, is, is that a thing as well is oh it, yeah sneaker releases well? yeah yeah big time wow. big time yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm living in such a bubble. I just, nah, sneaker uh, releases. No, no pun intended. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Sneaker releases is another thing. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess like same with, the reason why, same with every the Apple reason release, why it's right? So wor- it's so worrying for me, this whole lining up thing, is because Sydney people love doing that stuff. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, and that's why. Like, it will, it will take over. Yeah. Um, and it's this whole, like, something comes out on broadsheet or timeout, and yeah. everyone's got to be there the first time it's out, and they've got to be able to brag about it and be in the line. And, and look, I have lined yeah. up for a few things, and there are things worth lining up for, but then sometimes you go, you know what, that thing that I'm lining up for, I can go a couple of blocks away, and there's something equally as good that I will not have to wait any time for. Yeah. So, I don't know. What's something that you've lined up for that was worth it? Ramen. How long did you wait for? I was like 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think when you start hitting 20 minutes... It's Once like, it starts getting like when, 20, yeah, 30 minutes... That's when my cranky factor I'm, starts I'm to like, come yeah, through. Yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. Unless you can drink in the line. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. How then, good would that be? Then I could deal with it. But yeah. yeah. But that's just some of, the, some of these releases in the US. Like people camp out overnight, but they've got eskies and they're basically doing bottle shares in the line while they're doing yeah. it. I oh, can it's, kind it's, of Especially like the hill, hill Farmstead and it's like, you know, negative whatever... And it's snowing, and they're yeah. camping out in the snow <laughs> waiting yeah. for this release. It's fucking like that's hectic. Yeah, and like you know, Bourbon County's you know like you know that that's a thing that people are starting to get a bit crazy for. And it, you know, Goose is doing a really good job in getting the whole Black Friday thing going. And yeah, people lined up for that yeah. at Bucket Boys, I believe. Yeah, I think John yeah. said he had about fifty, yeah. sixty people at the front, um, which is great, great for the great for the shop and yeah. great for Goose Island. But I just don't know if I. Could be, I don't know. Maybe I'm just jaded, and like I don't have to have everything anymore. I'm, yeah, I don't mind if I don't get anything. Yeah, something. I guess I'm at that point as well. So yeah, that was. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think the the hay the craze of the haze is is dying? I'm not sure. Are people are still getting as excited about it. I don't think they are. I think they are. We'll see how long it lasts. Because brute's pretty much done, right? Yeah, I don't think it ever took off the brute IPA trend. Mm. I'm still not like I still don't know what it is. Like I, I, I was I, saying I, the exact same thing. I, I haven't recently. been. A, yeah. I'm in a San Francisco and had it fresh from the source. 
I don't, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Whereas New England IPAs, I have had fresh from the source ones. Yeah. So I, I I'm, I'm reserving my judgment on it. I don't know if many people in Australia actually really know what a, what a brewed IPA is. I think that's a problem. Like nobody really knows. And I think that, well, that was that was an issue when New England IPAs first started getting brewed in yeah. Australia. Like nobody really knew what it was. Yeah. So nobody was really, you know. Everyone was just kind of incrementally improving on their interpretation of it. Yeah, it's a good point. But um, yeah, I don't know. I've like at least when I was trying heaps of different ones, and I go, "Oh, this might not be the thing," but I can see what the commonality and what's what it's meant to be. And mm. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm there yet with the Brit IPAs as far yeah. as what am I meant to be tasting? Neither am I. Yeah, but I've had some. I had a really nice one at Bunch I, I really, I really I like. There, yeah. yeah, I really like the uh, the Moon Dog, the Double Brut IPA that they had. I don't know if I've had that one. That's yeah. quite nice. I can't yeah. remember the name. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing, we've got a few beers in front of us, a couple in cans. I think cans is becoming pretty crazy these oh, days, definitely. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's out of control. Willie the Boatman just yeah. launched cans, and they're the last Inner West Brewery to have cans. Oh, really? As far as package. <laughs> um, I guess not including Black Font, but um, yeah. they don't package. Yeah. But yeah, um, so I think that's it. Like, you know, I, I know Wayward were very adamant that they weren't going to do cans yet or for a while, and... Now canning. Is, um, the, is the Inner West Council going to have to like introduce can bins for... Oh, man. Earning a return in the Inner yeah. West is, uh, is going out of control. <laughs> 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 I don't even know where you can go to the Inner West anymore and do it. But yeah, yeah. There'll be a lot of recycling. Um, do you preference a can over a bottle? Do you care? I reckon these days I don't anymore. I used to when like a, the can thing first started happening, but... Because there was a bit of a novelty yeah. with it, right? Now I'm kind of like, if it has a date on it, I will probably preference the fresher stuff regardless of packaging. That's really good. good point, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd still probably take, you know, can and brown bottle over green bottle yes. most of the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, obvious exceptions. With some Belgium exceptions. Yeah, yeah. obvious exceptions included. Um, yeah. But um, if the, yeah, so you're saying if the same beer was in... Bottle or can, you would look at the date first before deciding which one you wanted. Yeah. If it was like, so the, the new Stone and Wood cans came out, I, I still am yet to try them. I'm pretty keen to try them. But, I almost bought one yesterday, actually. But yeah, yeah. If, if, I, if I find a fresher Stone and Wood and bottle, I'll, I'll buy the bottle. Okay. I don't think I would, I would just probably, without thinking about it, naturally go for the can. Yeah. But I, that's a good point you raised, and I think, yeah. I think like, I, I think breweries are getting a lot better with having dates on packaging as well i think that's one of the trends that have you know in the last couple of years has been mm. getting you know to the forefront um and i think i'm really liking this trend of packed on and bot- and best before dates. yes i i like that as well i, I love it, it. it always annoyed me just having a best before and i'm like what's your date range like, yeah yeah without yeah. that you, you need more information yeah are you, you doing three months are you doing nine months are you doing 12 months mm. like yeah doesn't actually tell you the whole picture. And this whole argument of, oh, yeah, well, people don't understand packed on. So, but if you put both on there, like yeah. you read what you want to read. No yeah. one's going to go, oh, this is too confusing. They go, yeah. oh, it was packed on this date. And, yeah. but most, I think if most people just skip that first line and go straight to the best before and that's what they're following, great. Yeah. But I will be going off the packed on. I feel like we shouldn't get to the point where I, I can't remember if it was an Australian brewer or a UK brewer that had like four different dates on. And I'm like, so it was like, <laughs> Packed was on the brewer's birthday. Yeah, it was, it was like packed on, shipped be, on, like best between this period. You know, it's still good between this period, and then like don't drink after this period. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, uh, it's too complicated. You, two you, dates, you, packed on. Yeah, packed on best before. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think everyone's a, a winner. Yeah, then. everyone's yeah. a winner. 
Yeah, yeah, I really like that. Um, and yeah, look, I don't know. I can't. I haven't heard a valid reason why. You know, some I've had heard some people say, "Oh, yeah, but some breweries aren't set up to print two lines." But like, bottling and canning lines are quite modular. Yeah, where I'm sure that's a pretty small investment. You're not having to get a whole new packaging line just to be able to print two lines. I'm pretty sure. Mm. If I'm wrong, or print it on yeah. your labels. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. Look, I, I I don't think that it's not impossible to do. Mm. Yeah. Um, one thing that I do not like is people printing on six packs or cases instead of the individual mm. cans. Yeah, Stoner would used to do that. Um, I'm not sure if they still do, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know that could be a capital thing as well. But that would be one of those things where, like, if if you're hopefully you could be working towards rectifying that in the future. I think. But yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, because when you get a single out of the fridge or something like that, you don't. Yeah, got no you have no idea. Yeah, yeah, which I don't like. But yeah, um, one thing as a trend that I did like this year is that it seems like buyouts have slowed down a fair bit. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think partly because you know the three uh, three of the big breweries, uh, big independents, got bought out last year. There's not really a lot of the big breweries left. I mean, Stone and Wood, I can think of, and they are, are like pretty much staunchly independent. I'd that's be really about, upset. That's about it. Yeah. I'd be real upset if Santa would sold out. And I'd really I don't think they will. Would, I wouldn't. I, think, I don't I think would, they will. Yeah. Yeah, I think the the list of viable breweries that a buyer would want is, you know, you got to, they'd want someone of a certain size, yeah. nationwide distribution. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's that many breweries that fit that mold. I mean, Gage Roads is pretty big, but the, like they bought they, it, they the bought back. Way. Yeah, they yeah. bought back. So I don't think they'll do it anytime soon if they ever do do it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, Mornington got bought out, but they were not a big brewery, and they were bought by a kind of. Not Mornington's a, an important yeah. brewery, not a big as in size yeah. and you know reach goes. And I think that was more of like Tribe or Stockade or Brew Pack or Tribe, you know, whatever yeah. you want to call them. They're called Tribe now, but yeah, whatever you know them as. I, I think they were that was like a strategic move for them to kind of start expanding their portfolio. You know, not necessarily to compete with the massive conglomerates, but like mm. just to have more of a nationwide focus. Yeah, I think Tribe's definitely been the, the mover and shaker of the last 12 months. Yeah. Um, you know, adding Mornington... Um, what, there's a gluten-free beer or something they added as well. Is, is, it, a, is it wild? wild? Yeah, yeah. yeah it took on wild. Mm. Yes, because when I got it, someone texted me, it's like, you know, that tribe's just bought wild, and I thought they meant the UK wild. Mm. I was like, oh, fuck. And I was like, oh, that's no, just a ginger. This yeah, is yeah, a, yeah. yeah. Um, they got the rights to PBR, which I know is not very important, but yeah. probably it's... A, it's important for hipsters, right? No, it's important for yeah, some people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, sure the, I'm sure the batch crew are happy about that, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure the fucking whoever owns Surly's in the city would be pretty happy with that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I don't know. Yeah, there's you know there's a few names that get thrown out there quite a fair bit as to be bought. But um, Young Henry's is one. Yeah, which, but I think uh, you know they haven't been bought. So every single time a brewery gets bought, that sky high figure just gets yeah. lower and lower and lower, right? Um, and so I think if you're now in the market, if you're building a brewery now to sell, I think you've come in at the wrong time. I think you're mm. done. Yeah. yeah. But you know, everyone's got a figure. Everyone's got a price. I think, um, um a lot of the, there are breweries that are like building bigger and bigger breweries as well. That's another thing that's been happening this year. I mean, Stone and Woods expanded again. Um, they've gone from a venue point of view. Yeah. Right? I heard Four Pines are opening a bar in Surrey Hills or a the, venue in Surrey Hills. Yep. Um, 
Brick Lane and Hawkers are two big breweries that I can think of yeah. down south. Felons, which just opened up in Brisbane. Which yeah, that's, that's the other one that I was thinking of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think there is that alternative to um, selling out. I think, you know, become big yourself is, yeah. is the thing. That might be the next big trend. I don't know. Yeah, I think, you know, there's different, you know, a lot of people who have sold that said, you know, we've got really big ambitions and this is the way that we could reach those ambitions. Mm. And maybe now there are some other routes to get to that where you don't, that doesn't have to be a way, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, it is interesting. And I think maybe, I think there are some breweries now who just go, look, you know what, we don't want to be that massive thing. We've found a pocket where we're happy where we sit and we can now pay all our staff well and everyone's happy and we can do cool, fun things, so maybe we don't want to get bigger. Yeah, which is interesting. Mm. Um, on the other side of that, new breweries. Anything new in Sydney this year that's come to mind for you? No, not this year that I can think of. Got to be a couple. I'm drawing a blank, to be honest. Um, Seventh Day Brewing. Where are they? Uh, Brookvale. Uh, okay. Really close to Nomad. Yeah, right. Yeah. Never um, even heard of them. Yeah. I'm so behind. Um, there's a new brewery opening up in Botany pretty soon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, I don't know. I feel like Sydney's had its, well, it's had it's just recovered from a bit of a boom. Mm. Um, there's got to be more out there. So there's got to be something obvious that I'm just not thinking of right now. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you know I'm liking this move away from we we've got enough breweries in the inner west. We've you know, and I think even the beaches is pretty you know it's pretty good. And I'm liking this. Let's find our own niche somewhere else. Um. You know, there's a brewery, a brewery opening up in the Blue Mountains. Uh, there's a brewery, you know, I've heard someone planning to open up a brewery out in Parramatta. But I think it's, that's, you know, find your own area and, and mm. become your locals area. Kind of like what, what Akasha did with Five Dock, I think. Mm. Like, yeah. The Blue Mountains one is interesting because it's um it's DJ, I believe. Yeah, DJ for, formerly from Modus Operando. Yeah, formerly yep. from, uh, was it Oscar Blues as well? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yep. So... It's going to be interesting what they end up doing there. Um, yeah, him and his wife have got some pretty awesome plans. Mm. Um, yeah, it sounds really cool. It'll Last be cool to get them on yeah. when they're up and running. Yeah, I think we might have to jump yeah. on the train and do a trip. Yeah, I like the I like the Blue Mounds. Yeah, yeah it's, it's good stuff. Pop by Lura Settlers. Yeah. Oh, how good is Lura Settlers? Lura Settlers. Yeah. yeah. Except I need to make sure it's not around just after payday because I will walk out with bottle multiple oh, bottles of whiskeys, which will be very dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Should we take a quick, quick break and take then a quick break. do do some predictions and then some recommendations? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sessionable. The Hunter Valley is well known for its wine, but did you know that there's a growing beer scene there as well? A great way to check out the awesome beer and breweries in the Hunter Valley is to get on a brewery tour. Fortunately, Dave's Travel and Events Group offers such a tour. On their appropriately named Hop Hunter Tour, you'll visit breweries new and old and find out why the Hunter Valley is not just about wine. To book your tour today, check out daves.com.au. We're back. Yeah, and we got our last beer for the year of mm. on Sessionable anyway. Got to say, uh, you know, the last 12 months of Sessionable, we haven't really been drinking that much on air. Like, we normally have like a beer or two. I feel like you and I are making up for the fact that this is not a Christmas episode by drinking like it is a Christmas episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we might be drinking like the same amount, but with fewer people. I don't know. <laughs> well, we, we got this our fourth beer. Yeah, yeah, this is our fourth beer. I'm starting to feel a little warm and fuzzy. Yeah, especially that last eight percent. Yeah, that, uh, that is, juicy. Is, this one's yeah. like what seven point four or something. <laughs> so um, the last episode that we did together was the Doppelbock episode, and ever yes. since then I've been like hanging out for 
another Doppelbock because I just fucking loved it so much. <laughs> so I went to Bucket Boys and they just fucking ran out of Corbinian. So I got, I picked up a Weizenbock instead. For, yeah. So um, this the, is it's Erdinger? Yeah, so this is the Erdinger Picantus. I, that's just a saying. I don't know if I've ever had this before. Uh, I've never had it before. Yeah, it's... Uh, Actually, we were talking about on that Star Wars episode about me doing a bit of research. I was in Canberra about the coction mashing. Yeah. Um, and I was speaking to uh, the owner of Z-Holtz. And yep. I forget his first name because his last name is Z-Holtz. Um, and he said that, no, he does not do the coction mashing. Yeah, wow. It's a waste of time because with the modified malts these days. Mm-hmm. And he said he didn't. He couldn't even think of anyone in Australia that does it. So. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, I I just thought of a brewery, brewery that... Um, does Doppelbox, uh, and in the kind of same region down south. Uh, that? In the Victorian high country, King River does it. I, oh! We, we had them on the podcast yes. during the bright, uh, yeah. the Darker Days yeah, yeah. episode, and I just completely forgot about it. And that's, oh, a, cool. that's a pretty good Doppelbox um, as well. I'm not sure if they do decoction mash, because probably mm. not, but yeah. Well, that's good. We, we, we found a, a good Doppelbox. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Weizenbock, you know. I don't think I like it as much as Doppelbox, but it's still pretty damn tasty. I like the Vitus from from Vine, um, from Vine Stefan. Yeah, I, I need to. I need yeah. to try. It. I'm pretty sure I've had it, but I need to try it again. Yeah. And the other reason I bought this was because uh, you know Tom's not in this episode again, and he was really annoyed that uh, he got really he, pissy. About he was that really one, shirty about yeah. him not being in the Doppelbox episode. Well, so like he yeah yeah he actually he said like you guys didn't pronounce anything properly. <laughs> I did it on purpose so I knew how much I would piss him off. So yeah, I, I can just I'd... imagine Tom listening going, Oh, didn't even invite me, and did it without me, they're not even saying it right, and I can't correct them. <laughs> so I figured I'd bring another awesome German beer for Tom not to drink. Hi What's Tom. What's it called? Picanto? Is that it? <laughs> Picanto. <laughs> Picanto. It's, uh, it's Mexican, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. He, uh, I think in, in the, like, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, we need to do an episode, let's go do one. Yeah. And you sometimes don't think about how upset Tom would be not to get them. To well, the problem right now is, like, you know... Everyone's we, we, really busy, right? We work together now again, and he does my rosters, and the days off he gets, I don't get off, and vice versa. So it's his fault that so it's he his wasn't fault. there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But yeah, you know, you know we're... It's hard to get people to get to do an episode. You know, it is. So it is getting harder and harder. Like so it's just we're, about we're all who, in conflict and schedules. And yeah. we can't all be on every episode. And yeah. I like the fact we can mix it up a bit as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. Like honestly, I don't like to hear my voice that that often. I don't so listen I, to the yeah. ones I'm on. Yeah. So I actually like when I'm not yeah, on episodes. Yeah, yeah. So I, can listen I like to the it. ones that yeah. you guys just do by yourselves. It's great. <laughs> um, so let's quickly talk about any trends that you see happening in 2019. In beer, especially in Australian beer? Um, I think I kind of touched it before, but I think much more regional hyper-local brew pubs. Yep. Um, I think we're already seeing it. We're seeing that, but but I think that's going to develop more and more. more, And the brew pub model is going to become more and more popular. Mm. Um, I'm hoping, um, you know, more and more breweries start doing triple decoction, (laughs) three-month lagering doppelbox. If you want to spend 75 bucks for a 330 mil, because that's what's going to cost you. (laughs) But yeah. (laughs) Um, That might not be a thing, but like... (laughs) How about you start your own brewery? That can be your thing. That's it. That's the only thing I brew. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. Anything else... Real that you see coming up? <laughs> um, I don't know. 
What's something that's not a continuation, but something brand new that's going to be coming out? Ooh, interesting. Say because yeah. How about West Coast IPAs? A return to the coast. <laughs> yeah. You know what you don't see anymore is hoppy pale ales. You kind of do. XPAs. They're no. Called XPAs. They're called XPAs now. They're different. They're like, <laughs> I just want a nice American pale ale. It's the same thing, Liam. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think that would be uh, just really resinous. Yeah, I know you mean. West Coast IPAs. Like, is that like a hop hog. Yeah, yeah. Like a hop hog. No, is that what you mean? Like a I, I mean that, yeah, but yeah. You, you're meaning just something really I, nice I mean like right. a kind of like a bigger hop hog. Like a, yeah. So like. In the vein of, like, Son- Sonic Prayer, I think it's a good yeah. West Coast IPA. But you don't really see it, like, you don't see anything like that as often as he used to way back when. I guess because I work right next to Batch and still, and soon will be working a lot closer to Batch, mm. is that I just have access to West Coast from Batch mm. a lot. So, yeah. like, I can just be at work and go, fuck, I feel like a West Coast and just cross the road and get one. <laughs> just pour it. Yeah. So, um, and because they always have the APA and West Coast kegs as the freshest ones available at the venue. So, yeah. maybe I feel like I don't have missed that as much as, as someone who's working in a venue, perhaps. But yeah. But I would like to see the other ones, for sure. Oh, I was going to say, like, on a, on a personal level, 2018's just been a bit interesting in terms of, there's been a lot of change. Just like, you know, personally, I've, I've changed jobs. Mm. Um, and a lot of people that I know have changed jobs as well or are changing jobs yeah, yeah. or are moving overseas. It's, it's just been, it seems to be a year of transition change, yeah. and I don't know, maybe, maybe in 28, in 2019, it'll be more of like a solidifying, so, yeah, consolidation, there. solidifying, yeah. Yeah. you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe it'll be the same with beer. We'll see well, how uh, it goes. You know, uh, something that has really improved this year is just I think just the quality of freshness of beer out there is getting better and better yeah um, and I'd like to see that continue but um, yeah I don't know sometimes it's just good to wait, to sit back and see what happens I guess but yeah I think we're pretty spoiled like, right now in yeah. Australia yeah like, I, I can't complain as, man. as much as I've been bitching about certain things on this episode and previous ones we have it we have it well we have, we have a, a good we, we're in the middle of a really exciting time for beer in this country yeah. and Look, we can sit here and all the beers that we're cracking today and, yeah, it's, it's a good time to be alive. Mm. Uh, all right, I'm not going to let you escape one more prediction, Hottest 100 prediction. Oh, God. Give me something. doesn't have to be number one. Just give me give me some insight. I, I certainly hope, and I don't think Wildflower made it into the top 100 last year, even though... We it, almost it, got through yeah. a whole episode without mentioning Wildflower. We, we mentioned Tofa already, so... It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. I feel like we should mention Wildflower, given it's a sessionable episode. Um, I do hope they do make it to the top 100 this year, because they deserve it. They're making some of the best beers in Australia, some of my my favourite beers in Australia. I just don't think Toph is at a model that will translate well to 100. Like, what do you pick? And is each individual release separate? Well, like, yeah, it's like, I think Golden Amber probably have the best chance, because they're the most... They're the most um, regular ones. Uh, Good as Gold has been one of my favorite releases all year. Mm-hmm. That's a fucking cracker. Um, but a lot, of, like most of his releases, I love, and the ones that I don't love, I like. So yeah, um, I just, I just hope that he makes it in there. Uh, in terms of like a top five prediction, I don't know. I'm hoping like Filter makes like a big uh, push into the top ten. Did they make the top ten this year? No, I don't, they don't think they did. But that, but but that XPA is a fucking cracker. Yeah, and that, you know, and that's yeah. being brewed out of Melbourne at the moment. Yeah. So I'm, I'm assuming there's a lot more penetrations in the Melbourne market. Yeah. So, yeah, um, Kaiju 
I reckon Kaiju Crush will... Really? That's going to be my, my outside okay. outside tip for top five, yeah, I reckon. Nice. Yeah, I, I'd be really stoked if Kaiju Crush made, made top five. Yeah. Um, do you th- do you think there's going to be any big changes in the top three? No. Nah. What remind me of what the top three was? It was Bolter, Sternwood, and Bensberg was up there. Yeah, Bensberg. Yeah. Do you reckon Bensberg could move up to number two? Hmm. I'm not sure. I think they'll be hard. Like they'll be hard pressed to like stay up there because there are some bloody good beers in the top five. And, I reckon. Yeah. Bensberg's gone and grown and penetrated the market a lot. More they more. they are they are out there more definitely. Yeah. Do you reckon both will stay at number one? I, I don't know. Did Gage yeah. Roads make the top ten? I doubt. Oh, I think I they'll. Know. I think they'll make a big push as well because they they are everywhere now. Yeah, I think if not this year, next year, but as in the next vote, but they are they are pushing hard. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm interested to see how the top three plays out. I think the top three will stay the same, but I think the order might mix up a little bit. Mm. Um, you know, we could see Ben Spoke get on top. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a, it's not out of the question. Yeah. But you, you kind of feel bad for Bolter. Like, they just got number one. And, like, you kind of feel like yeah. they deserve to hang on to it for a couple more years. But, yeah. I don't know. Nah, it's getting hard to kind of stay up there. Well, it's getting harder to predict the trend, right? Yeah. Like, because... It's not like... It's, it's not like a coin it's flip not between... the same five people yeah, voting. it's not a coin like, flip between Hop Hog and Stone and Wood anymore. Yeah. Which is good. Like, it, it's good that there's variation because it the, means... There is, yeah. It means people are drinking a lot of different beers now. Which is I, I, that's good, and I think yeah. anywhere where it's a lot more even spread of votes is a good sign for the industry. I think. Yeah, when you have one beer that's like you know when number ones, you could add the three to five together, and I wouldn't get the votes the same as that. Then it's like that's a great beer, well done. But like, I think as the industry grows, you want to see it closer and closer. Yeah, and I think you will start to see those top few swapping over quite a fair bit. Mm. Yeah, let's do some quick re- recommendations. Recommendations and wrap ups. Eh? Yeah, um, let's start with beer. Beer? Yeah. Have you got one? Yeah. What's your recommendation? I'm going to recommend the Dainton Mocha Chocker. Mocha Chocker. Which nice. uh, they label as like something like a black New England rye IPA, which is complete bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's like a, it's a chocolate porter. <laughs> it, ta- it tastes like a chocolate porter. I'm going to call it a chocolate Does porter. Does Tom like it? Tom loves it. Then it's a chocolate porter. So he's going to hate that I've stolen his recommendation. <laughs> but it's a bloody good beer it's so tasty um yeah f- fuck off with your black new england ipa bullshit um, <laughs> yeah but it but it is really good so yeah that's my recommendation nice um actually you know what being back in bright smash a couple of blowhard pale ales oh yeah that's yeah. a good that's a good one Tastes especially like really good. especially when you're having it in bright yeah yeah so good yeah i'm gonna say yeah that's gonna be my recommendation get yourself to bright drink some more bright beers Everything I had on taps tasting really good at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah. Have they done anything recently to the brew house or the well, venue? Because they there's the second brewery. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Very much up and running. Uh, yeah. So um, the original brew house is really just for some smaller batches and some seasonals and stuff like that. Mm. So they had something in tank, which I wasn't allowed to know what it was just yet. <laughs> so yeah. But, yeah. Interesting to see. But yeah, the beers out of the new brew house are tasting really good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, non-beer, I mean, as I said earlier, I haven't really been doing a lot of stuff outside of, you know, work, sleep, eating, and, uh, editing the podcast. Yep. But I have found a little bit of time 
to play a bit of Diablo 3 on the Nintendo ah, Switch. Yeah, yeah. Fucking good, man. Is that a good game? Yeah. It's like, I mean, like, I, I played Diablo 3 when it first came out, but they've kind of added so much more in the last few years. I need to a it. new, like, because I'm just about to do a bit of traveling. And yeah. I like the Switch as a, yeah. like, airplane thing. Well, the thing about, about getting yeah. a new game, something to, yeah. The thing about Diablo 3 and the Switch is you don't have to be online. That's cool. So, like, it, it, it helps if you're online because you get a lot of benefits out mm-hmm. of it. But for like any other platform, you have to be online to play Diablo 3. Yeah. This one, you don't have to. That's so, cool. Awesome. Yeah. You can just like hit people and get some loot <laughs> um, while you're on a plane. Awesome. Now, one of the cool things they've done with Diablo in the last couple of years is they do seasons. So like in a three-month period or whatever, yeah, you can start a new character and like if you, you can accumulate certain things throughout that season special gear and that kind of thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it kind of keeps it fresh. Like, if you get so bored of it... there's new challenges and yeah. new things to do. Yeah, so if you yeah. get bored of it, wait a couple of months and there's new stuff to do. Oh, cool, yeah. awesome. So, yeah, check it out. Cool. Um, I think I'm going to go for... This will probably be my third Wu-Tang-related re- re- recommendation this year. Yeah, possibly. Um, but, you know, we had... I did recommend going to the Opera House to go see Wu-Tang. Yeah. And didn't even do it myself. Oh. And it was just saying off mic that I'm... Little regretting it, but I have seen Wu Tang perform multiple times. Mm. I'm say maybe four or five times, and but um, Vice, I think it's on Vice or it's on YouTube. There's a, yep. like a 20, 20 minute documentary called Wu Tang is for the Children. It's kind of like the making of the Thirty Six Chambers. Yeah, wow. Um, and you should watch it. It's it's on YouTube. It's fucking cool. Twenty minutes, sweet. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's nice and short. It's a bit, yeah. a bit sort of kind of like one of those track by track sort of things, but it yeah. doesn't go through the whole album. But yeah, some really cool stuff and like. There's this one section which really blew me away where they're talking about the snare drum on this one song and it yeah. was like the RZA just hitting a bucket with a stick. <laughs> and every time I hear that now, it's just, it's just stuck in my head. It's like, it's the fattest snare of all time, hitting a bucket with a stick. But yeah, <laughs> so stuff like that. But yeah, really cool. So check that out. Yeah, awesome. I will. Um, so thanks everyone for listening to this episode and, and staying with us this year. Yeah, thank you very or, much. Or if you're a new listener this year, welcome. Yeah, if you've and just been, you got the advent calendar and you're just starting to, starting to listen to some episodes, oh, I didn't even you. think about that. We yeah. might have some new listeners. Hello. Yeah, thanks. And if you've lasted this long as a new yeah. listener, fucking well done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, if you want to catch up to some old episodes, possibly don't start with episode one. They're, they're a bit rough. But yeah, it's a bit yeah. podgepodge back then. But in the last couple of years, we've definitely gotten better more consistent and i, I think the live yeah. episodes are a good good starting point yeah i always definitely good fun. yeah 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 so hi everyone and thank you everyone for listening if you do like the show please rate and review us on apple podcasts it really helps people find the show and our, all our contact details are on sessionable.net and thank you very much for listening to us this year and we've you know another year done and onwards yeah. and upwards for 2019 year, right? should yeah. be pretty exciting awesome thank you cheers